Good day, everyone. This is Daryl Archer, and welcome to the Natural Choice Network, a local platform and meeting place where sustainable living comes live, naturalchoice.net, and the Natural Choice Network web companion guide, and many great ways for a conscious community to connect, to stay up to date on green resources, natural health, natural food, and mind spirit. And you can also stay connected right here with me the first and second Tuesdays at half past noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Well, if you've been a gardener, you're looking forward to getting outside. I have a special treat for you today. She is the host of the Mystic Radio Show that airs on KKNW 1150 on Wednesdays at noon Pacific time. It's a live call-in show. And I'm going to give you the number right now, just so we'll give it at the end is 888-298-5569 on Wednesdays from noon to one. So welcome, Robin Alexis. Yay, Robin, glad to have you here today. Oh, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you, Darielle. Well, this is fun. You live in an amazing place, Mount Shasta, and it has the energy of not only, you know, evolving our spirit, you know, expanding our mind and consciousness, but even the food that grows there. And I thought we could talk to all the gardeners and would-be gardeners today about, you know, talking to the earth and calling in that earth energy and and the spirits and divas of of not just the plants but the soil and the lands itself so i would like to um see how you do that and work with the land and the soil up on mount shasta well first of all i do call in pan and the nature spirits and they do ask that the energetics that are on our property be in harmony with what our intention is for being here and if there's any type of issue with that we renegotiate maybe get some different uh, nature divas in but it's a very collaborative communication it's validating the existence of these other beings and understanding that we're co-creating a way for all of us to live together so one of the things that happens on my property here in mount shasta is the rocks are very commanding. Uh, they will uh, speak to me, even if they're like underneath the soil, they'll start saying to me, okay, you gotta go over to this spot and you gotta dig here. And then I'll dig there and I'll get a rock and the rock will say, okay, you gotta move it on a different part of the property. And so I have done that. And through that listening to the rocks, I've created medicine wheels and other types of rock gardens on the property. And within those, I then work with the energetics of the plants. And do you find that the inner, when you work with the energetics, do you find that your plants um, are like bigger and stronger and they, they just have a different energetics than those that you don't um, speak to or work with? If I don't talk to things, they don't even grow. Uh, so it's, it's almost commands you to have a relationship that's deeper than surface level because you don't get away with things in Mount Shasta. You have to awaken to the co-creation of different beings working with us humans to do things. 
it really, it does, it commands you to do that. And if you don't, there's an old saying that says the mountain will kick you off. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you have to evolve. You have to recognize the reality of what life really is in order to create things here. I actually have a girlfriend uh, who lives here uh, in Mount Shasta. She's on the uh, north side of the mountain and she owns thousands of acres of land. They have had a farm there for generations. And it is a miracle to taste the food that comes off that farm. It's made from this incredible water that's been, you know, cleansed underneath the soil of Mount Shasta. And these people have been here for a long time and the mountain trusts them and they work well and listen to the mountain and their food. It's unbelievable the difference in the quality of what it's like to eat that food. I've never had anything even remotely similar to that experience of consuming that food. It's, a, it's an amazing, there's an aliveness when you when you taste food like that, having gone to Mount Shasta for decades and spent a lot of time there, that there are places and, and when you eat the food and you eat something, it's so alive, you can feel your body just absorbing that aliveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the free range uh, chickens or even the grass-fed beef around here, it's an, it's an unbelievable texture. It's like eating a cloud or something. It's, it's very different. Oh, that's, that's fabulous. So, and, you, you know, we both, you know, lived in Seattle and, and felt the energy and the energy of growing things there from Mount Shasta is a very stark contrast. It's well, I absolutely adore the Olympic Peninsula and the Washington energetics. That's where my my body lights up the most is being there. But when it comes to the food, I mean, there was amazing food out on the Olympic Peninsula. Right. But it still didn't have the same essence or quality as what it's like here. It is otherworldly food here. It, It seems to carry a cosmic frequency to it. Ooh, so we so uh, it will enhance our light bodies. Well, one of the places that that I know in Seattle was the herb farm had great um, energetics in their food. There are like little pockets of places, and and they really talked and you know, great caretakers and talked to the food. And and that's a lot of what I'm hearing you say about the Mount Shasta is that there is this literally this co-creation. Um, in that ecosystem. Yeah. And, and before I even got to Mount Shasta or for that matter, even before I got to Washington state, um, I was introduced to a woman by the name of Michelle Small Wright. And she created a gardening system called Paralandra. And she, uh, she's the one that I really began to learn from that we do need to speak to the gardens and the fairies and everything. So for example, she would say, instead of using pesticides, you want to talk to the insects, you want to talk to the plants and you want to say, okay, you know, you go over here, but don't eat all of my tomato plants. And so she would work with things. And if she, and same thing, if she needed to move a crystal or a rock or whatever it was, it was a collaborative experience for all life everywhere to survive well. And that's true. There were two books that she wrote. Um, there was the first book, Paralanda, and then she did a second workbook. Mm-hmm. 
and they're they're fabulous if you haven't you know read them I had friends that lived out in Auburn and they did Paralanda um, and went by Michelle's um, recommendations and they grew tomatoes that were like the size of like melons and they were so sweet. Well, and, and I was just madly in love with Michelle Small Wright and all of her books and all of her teachings and wanted to. Uh, you know, have her be my mentor. And then when I got here, I had this really interesting experience with my chiropractor who said that he had been gifted by this woman, uh, these flower essences that she had grown during a time that she had lived in Mount Shasta. And when he gave me this box of flower essences, it had actually, these flowers had been grown and cultivated and made into essences by Michelle Small Wright. Wow. So, so I, I have them and I have them on my altar. And then I didn't even realize that she'd written a book uh, while she was here, that she was, um, you know, creating them. And it's called the Mount Shasta Mission. And so she specifically came here for a time because she knew how special the energetics here to grow things were. And she created these mother essences. And now, you know, I have the opportunity to use those blends to assist people. And so sometimes I'll be doing a phone reading and all of a sudden I'll just get this inspiration. You need to go, you know, kind of run your hand over the different bottles and see which one you're being called to use for a particular person. And I'll just hold the bottle of that in my hand and clients will say, oh my God, I can feel that. That's how powerful this experience is for gardening. Well, you know, and that's so true for um, for that Mount Shasta energy. And every time, you know, I go there and spend time, there's just something else that, you know, like when you walk the, the gardens there or you go up um, to the, you know, um, up into the mountain itself is that you can feel that energy and when you come back down and you go to eat something you're just in alignment and there's just a, a different level and so now do you grow a lot of your food there yourself not a lot but enough i would like to do more of uh, gardening of my own food but i tend to get distracted into flowers and I really, really enjoy growing roses. When I lived in Washington, I had 111 rose bushes. Oh. And yeah, I just madly in love with roses. And when I came here, people said, oh, you can't grow roses. Don't even bother to plant them. So for a few years, I just listened to the locals and I didn't do it. But then I was like, mm -mm, I miss my roses. So I went and got them and I talked to them. I talked to the land. I practice the Paralandra technique. And I have beautiful rose bushes. I only have 11. Um, but in addition to that, I planted all these different herbs and uh, just all kinds of different things all over the property. Uh, but for things that I grow, I grow tomatoes. I love sunflowers, pumpkins, uh, my herbs. It's so exciting to like grow your own oregano and then uh, dry it and have it so that whenever you're cooking through the winter, you've got your oregano and your basil and your spearmint and your peppermint that you grew in the yard. Uh, I'm so excited. This year, I'm going to grow comfrey. I can't oh. wait to see what the, how that comes out. Oh, that sounds like fun. 
That sounds like fun. And, you know, it's, you know, when you grow stuff, there's a different feeling. I know I grew yellow roses and, and, mm. um, lots of these exotic flowers and and I had a fabulous um spider leaf maple um in the front yard and that and things would grow but I would go out and talk to them and mm -hmm. you know and they would grow even in the winter they would grow in and when you're when we had this um a huge snow that um I'd done like a little scalloped gardens with the little red bricks and that I had lettuce and things still growing because it was like an igloo and it created yeah. like this own, its own ecosystem so we were having lettuce one christmas in the snow as i would go out underneath and and pull up because it you know the sun would heat up the bricks during the day and by night it would release it so it created this dome and it was what just, a gift yeah it was really really fun so i i hear what you're saying so what kind of um information would you uh impart to people who want to grow like whether it's flowers or or um just gardening in general would it be not only talk to them or just getting in rhythm do you have a ritual or something that you could share with people i think the bottom line is it's if you respect the integrity of different life forms even if it's a plant they will begin to speak with you and so if you if you want to invite into your space what would be comfortable to participate with you so that it's not just you picking something it's you actually like going to the nursery and letting the plants speak to you letting the seeds speak to you and start right there in co-creation in intention uh, one of the things that I've really enjoyed since I've moved to Mount Shasta is growing spearmint because every day in the morning, I would get to see my husband go out with his little scissors and cut the fresh spearmint and bring it in the house and make his spearmint tea. And he's, we have enough spearmint that he does, he'll use the spearmint from the summer all year long, but I never would have been attracted to growing spearmint. It's because I set the intention that I wanted to be guided what to grow. That was where the spearmint came in. And then it ended up being such a beautiful experience to share with Bob that I get to see him connect in with that and, and participate in it. It's just so beautiful. Well, and I think that would be something that, you know, like, you know, um, gardeners where it's, you know, whether it's moms showing daughters or, you know, fathers and sons and daughters where, you know, the family could go out there and really work. Cause we used to have contests to see, you know, who could grow the biggest pumpkin, and, you know, and, and we, we had some great pumpkins and, you know, we would all go out there and talk and, and like my dad would sing to them. And he would say he had, he had these begonias. He loved begonias, and he had these like ginormous uh, double yellow begonias. And I think it's because he sang opera to them. And, oh my gosh! You know, and he was just—it was very funny. And I thought, what a great thing to teach your kids. And and during times of confinement, of you know, watching something grow where you plant it from the seed, and you know, it's like my mom used to take things as. Um, having been raised in West Virginia, where she would hold the seeds in her hands and say, okay, this is going to be a great crop. I know you are here. I know we can work together. And then she would plant them and everything she put in the ground was prolific. I mean, it was just, she was just one of those. She had a green arm. 
Well, and, and another thing I love to do when I'm planting is I have a background in Reiki. So um, anyone ah. who's uh, got that background or anyone who's listening to this, you might want to get a background training in it so that you can hold the seeds in, in your hands and Reiki them and Reiki the soil so that when you put the seed into the ground and you bless it and you participate with it, and you know you cover it up and you wait and you talk to it and you as you said sing to it everything loves that and then well, of course go ahead no you go ahead well then when the bees come and the hummingbirds and you know the little birds hopping around it's just all such a oneness vibration well, and, you know, this is the, the time of year where we can, you know, actually begin to go out in certain parts of the country and in Seattle, we, you know, you've had, you know, hot and cold weather and whatnot, but it's really a time where, you know, our patio becomes our second living room, as we as yes. I like to say when I teach feng shui, is that, um, and you can do amazing things in pots and planters. Or raised garden beds, you know, some of them, you know, my friend says, I'm too old to bend down. It's now like three feet off the ground and I like my garden up high. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of systems. One of my friends in New Hampshire has this beautiful, huge dome greenhouse so that she can go in there year round and talk to everything and whisper to everything. And she's constantly receiving messages and doing little things that they ask her to do and having the joy of year round participating in eating food that's co-created with the, the spirits. <laughs> right. Robin, I want you to hold that thought because we have to take um, a couple of short uh, breaks for messages here. So please stay tuned and we'll get back to that. This is fun. Yes, it is. Don't suffer any longer than you have to. Uncover the hidden causes of illness and start your journey of holistic healing. At AIM Clinic, Dr. Shimizu uses five levels of healing to help you regain health. The approach is an innovative blend of natural medical methods that target all aspects of health, including physical, energetic, mental, intuitive, and spiritual, to treat the physical body. Take care of yourself today. Call 425-289-0188 or go to naturalchoice.net, keyword search, AIM Clinic. Healing is something human beings do naturally. If you pay attention, your body will teach you how to care for itself through the practice of chiropractic, cranial therapy, and movement training. Katherine Englehart can help you understand the role of your body in your overall well-being. Learn to listen to the wisdom of the self and start your healing journey today. Call Katherine Englehart at 206-706-4515 or go to naturalchoice.net, keyword search, Inglehart. You're looking for reliable natural care. The internationally recognized Tahoma Clinic and Dispensary may be just what you're looking for. Dr. Wright, the clinic's medical director, is a well-respected leader in the field of alternative medicine and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. The clinic emphasizes a science-based approach. Many of its treatment protocols are based on its knowledge base of over 40,000 published articles in its library. To find out more about Tahoma Clinic and its three locations, call 425-264-0059 or go to naturalchoice.net. Keyword search Tahoma. Alternative Talk 1150. Talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. 
This is Tana Matson with Altstadt Interiors, and you're listening to the Natural Choice Network on Alternative Talk 1150. I'm back with Robin Alexis, and we're talking about talking to your garden, growing your flowers, growing plants, and how becoming in, in harmony and setting up a resonant frequency with your land Um whether it's just in thought or if you use energy or Reiki specifically, um, it'll be a great um, time to learn some of this stuff. Yeah, I have another friend who grows marijuana and in the place where he grows it, he'll actually play Robert Coxon music. <laughs> and to the places that don't hear the music, those plants don't do as well as the ones who listen to the music. So just like uplifting music can be good for us, it can be good for the plants as well. Right. Well, you know, and I was wondering because now, you know, um, the the uh, Emoto Peace Project where they, you know, send energy to the water and whatnot and the different reactions and the beautiful um uh, when they when they cut the um, samplings, you know, when they freeze it and the snowflakes mm-hmm. and those designs, beautiful. It kind of re- reminds me of that when we're talking about that. Yeah, we can shape shift the codes and the frequencies and fluff things up and bring them to their highest potential. It, it's really all about love. You know, we're gardeners of love. That's what we're here for on the planet. And so, as we love the planet and we love the food and we love the beauty of the flowers and the experience of having our hands in the dirt and our feet in the dirt and just rolling around in the dirt. (laughs) It's, it's, it's a wonderful uh, evolution tool. It really, it really is, you know, and that's something that we, I think that this is a time where, you know, it's um, that we can, uh, share with the land and it can give back to us where we have that sense of belonging and and the planet and, and we're caretakers and nurturing and share with our friends because i know a lot of my friends would come over it's like okay you can come over we'll have some tea or something later but we would you know like work in the yard or i would work and they would talk to me and <laughs> or i would over at their house and be vice versa and sometimes you know but it was this whole sense of, of a different feeling of like community like the pea patches and things like that mm-hmm. where you have have that just wonderful feeling of of community and cooperation and co-creating is is so wonderful to experience yeah i'm thinking of two of my friends who live here one has a lavender farm and there's nothing like lavender oh. from mount shasta and then the other one has a blueberry farm and oh my gosh what i get so excited it's like christmas morning for me to it's like blueberry time the blueberries are here and frozen blueberries when you eat them if you have issues with post-traumatic stress syndrome frozen blueberries will like wipe it right out of your system they'll just lift you right up (laughs) wow yeah you know blueberry muffins and it's so good for you with the the um antioxidants and blueberries and good for your eyes and that well robin we have managed to go through the entire show so i'm going to have to ask you what would you like to leave our audience with today i would like to live leave them with this There was a farmer who each year entered his corn in the state fair where it always won a blue ribbon. One year, a newspaper reporter interviewed him and learned that the farmer shared his corn seed with his neighbors. 
He asked, how can you afford to share your best corn seed with your neighbors when they are entering corn in competition with yours? Why, sir, said the farmer, don't you know? The wind picks up pollen from the ripening corn and swirls it from field to field. If my neighbors grow inferior corn, cross-pollination will steadily degrade the quality of my corn. If I am to grow good corn, I must help my neighbors grow good corn. Oh, what a great, great talk. Well, thank you so much. And you can also um, keyword search Robin Alexis today and our topic, um, Talking to Nature Spirits on the naturalchoice.net to find her contact information along with an archive of today's show. And you also find hundreds of other great resources invaluable information to help you make the best choices for you, your family, and your community. So be sure to check it out. And thank you for joining me today, Robin. And thank a big you. Thank you so much. This has been fun. And a big thanks to our listeners for choosing to join us too. And as you know, our choices create our experiences. And collectively, our experiences create our community community. So online, on print, or on air, thank you for making the natural choice.